BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. That now includes Red Circle, but also Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You can get all of these episodes as well as content on all of the South Florida teams and beyond. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons at Five Reasons YouTube. FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. Get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, Lewis Sung, and others also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network includes our friends over at prize picks. Make sure you're using that code five F I V E get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Again, you put down 20, they'll give you 20 prize picks was just named the number one fastest growing sports company in the country for the past year. So find out why they're their official fantasy sponsor, but make sure you're using that code five F I V E. And also check out Therapist Preferred for all of your CBD, 25% off with code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN at therapistpreferred.com. That's, again, the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies, therapistpreferred.com, code 5RSN. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Oh, my God. This is a weird floor plan. Okay, this is who we've got tonight. Let's start. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. You've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And you've got Alphonse Sidney. If you don't remember, Heat Heat oh, wait, wrong show, wrong show, wrong, wrong show. show. No, you can't do that here. Well, you can do that here, but I think you guys got that trademark. If people don't remember Alf, you probably should go back and check out 600 episodes because that's about what he was on with us all in about the same week. Uh, Alf, of course, is with Miami Heat beat still with hangover time, but we're going to be doing some crossover stuff this season. So this is just like old times. Like literally, I would be the outcast if the three of you guys were doing Miami Heat beat. <laughs> <laughs> right. And now Alf is the outcast. If you guys are all doing five on the floor. So we got three topics tonight. We're going to bounce these around. Um, there's a couple that are more topical. We didn't necessarily plan on doing this tonight with Alf, but you know, bleep happens. So we're going to start off uh, first. I actually, Greg, I want to go to you before we get to the schedule talk, because after all, we knew who they were playing. It was just a question of where it is on the schedule. I feel like too much is made of this. 
But um, Udonis Haslam, I, I think it's been assumed that there would be a 20th season for UD, that that's kind of what he promised his late father and what he wanted to do. Of course, if he takes the 14th roster spot, then that means they have some luxury tax issues, at least at the beginning of the season in terms of using the next roster spot. This is the annual debate about whether, whether UD should get a roster spot or not, but it seems like he may make the decision for people. Yeah, and I want to preface this by saying that uh, nothing is final. He could wake up and obviously make the decision to play. And Udonis Haslam should be responsible for how he wants to go out on his terms, uh, including how it gets announced. So I am not in the business of announcing or breaking any kind of news. Go to Udonis himself. Ethan, I know you have the ability, actually, to go to Udonis himself if you need to. But we're obviously not going to poke around his business like that. But what I did here today was that um, he's leaning towards not coming back, which I was surprised by. Uh, but it's not all like he's gone because what, from what I'm hearing and what I understand, it sounds like there may be a role uh, within the organization kind of served up on a silver platter for him to easily transition to. So that's kind of the latest. Uh, obviously, that could change. Um, and I so uh, it, we did provide it to our off the floor subscribers and such. Um, but that's kind of the latest. And it was really surprising to me because I thought he was coming back for 20. I thought that he was going for that kind of na- uh, nice round number 20 and, and you know, all of the the records that come with it being with the same franchise, et cetera. Um, but it's interesting. They need front court help. So now it's like if he doesn't come back, how can they use that spot in, in a smart way? But obviously we'll have a lot more episodes to talk about that. That's the latest on UD. All right. Well, first thing on this. Um... It always should be his decision. That's my view on it. And so if he makes a decision not to play, uh, he certainly has his reasons. Now, he wants ownership down the road. That's for sure. And so transitioning to another role in the organization would make sense. And it's not going to be coaching. But Alf, I'll go to you on this because this has become one of these flashpoints every single year about UD and whether he should get a roster spot and whether he shouldn't get a roster spot. And the same people who are shouting heat culture all day long are then saying that UD basically who is the keeper of the culture uh, does not warrant a roster spot as if the 14th or 15th guy is going to play a ton, particularly with the two ways Uh, your feeling has always been just, he decides what he decides, right? Yeah. Because the last roster spot, like get over it. Like people, like people just try to be the smartest guy in the room on everything. I'm sorry, Nikias, but it's, the 15th roster spot, especially nowadays where you have the two-way contracts. Like you could just like there's no need for developmental guys at the end of your bench anymore. You have two-way contracts where you can you you can use those for those undrafted free agents, for those sky for the uh, the Sioux Falls Sky Force guys. You don't need to uh savor this last roster spot for some gem that's gonna just gonna walk through the door. It just it doesn't happen. So you you talk to you talk to Heat players and they tell you how important Udonis is to that locker room. And you know what? And if they believe that he needs to be there, like who are we? Like who are we? We're just some slubs on Twitter and on the internet. Like who are we to say, oh, you guys don't need UD? They say they need him. They say it wouldn't be the same if he was an assistant coach. He needs to be one of them. And if that's what the guys want, like listen, it's the last roster spot. And the fact that he's right right now. He's waiting so that he can have the maximum flexibility is the reason you keep a guy like Udonis Haslam around. Like he's always going to put the team in the franchise first. And that's admirable. The only only year I was like a little bit against it 
was the COVID year where, I mean, every roster spot was super valuable, but the league made, you know, made uh, adjustments to kind of let you uh, carry some more guys on the roster. So it was never that, it never, it's, it's never been that big a deal. And honestly, right now with the situation the Heat are in, Udonis should probably start at the four. So I don't, I don't know what the- Perfect really fitness to Bam. <laughs> well, he had the greatest, he had the greatest three minutes in, in, uh, in Heat history, probably NBA history. Couple of years. I, I will never understand why Eric didn't use him more that season, considering the fact that he did give them decent minutes the next he's season. Tired, man. Come on, Ethan. He doesn't, he doesn't want to play that much. Like, no, he, that's true. <laughs> come on, like you know. And I was, honestly, Greg, I res- I respect the reporting, but you know, like sometimes, like I'll order ten wings and I'll eat eight of them, and I do. I, you know, I am mulling eating mulling over to eating the last two wings, and like I'm really thinking about it. But everyone so knows the, the wings in this scenario is UD's 20th season in the NBA. Yes, everyone knows I'm going to eat those last two wings before bed. Like we all know, like I would. It would be the biggest shock, the biggest upset in the world if UD didn't come back for his 20th season. Same way it'd be if I fell asleep without eating the last two weeks. Like, listen, it, we are who we are. It is nature. I'm going to eat 10 wings. UD's coming back for his 20th season. All right, but Alex, let's, make the, case, let's make the case on the other side, potentially. I mean, they, they do need, uh, you know, we can talk about the 14, 15 roster spots, but they are exceptionally thin in the front court right now. Right. I mean, it can, can, can an argument be made in any way that if, if Eric's not going to play Udonis, that they need to find some other body that's functional there? Okay. First of all, you cannot make me go on for the other side. I will not say that he should move on from UD and give it to a young guy or whatever the consensus take is, right, to get rid of UD from, from that camp, I mean. But as far as like the Heat's actual situation, how many roster spots do they have left available? I think they have two, right? Fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, they're at they're at thirteen. Oh, sorry, Fourteen right and now. fifteen. Yep. They're at thirteen right now. I believe, in terms of yes. guarantees. Yes. <laughs> All right. So if the Heat wanted to do something to get another veteran minimum four, they could do it right now, and it wouldn't affect any of the the Kevin Durant stuff, I believe. Unless I have something wrong there, I don't think the veteran minimum. There's you some know, cat machinations where they can't sign anybody. Yeah, yeah no, it puts them in the repeater tax for three years. But what I'm trying to say is, like, that roster spot would get used for, like, a Carmelo Anthony or LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, those are the guys who are out there. So what I'm saying is, what are we really talking about, right? Like, Hassan Whiteside? They have a spot open, and they're not using it. So why are we talking about getting the second? Like, I guess another getting another young guy in the program. But, like, it's hard to uh, say more than what you guys said, right? Like, it's like, if they still want him there, if he still wants to be a part of it, like who are we to say otherwise? That's really what it comes down to. But really, what are we talking about? Okay, well, here's what we're talking about before we move to the schedule. So Alf is not buying it. He says that those wings are going to get eaten. Greg is is saying from his reporting that UD is leaning against it. I, I will say I haven't had any direct conversations with him of late. I used to get that scoop all the time when he was coming back to sign, but you know, you know, it's, it's been a long time. I mean, I, I, I've known UD long enough to know, I have about 12 of his phone numbers. Um, but so I, I don't, I don't know exactly when, uh, you know, that when he's going to decide or what he's, he's going to play decide. 20 seasons. I think What's he that? said that in the past, right? He, he's wanted to play to 20 seasons. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. He said he said that that's what he promised his late father and that, that he wanted to play 20 seasons. And, I, and I, I do believe that the organization was on board with that. So it's just a question of what he wants to do. 
Uh, but Alex, so I guess you're the, you become uh, one of the tiebreakers here. You think he's coming back? That's why I was trying to, you know, evaluate it there. I trust Leif's reporting. I'm going to go with Leif. That's, I'm going to ride with my guy. But it definitely came as a surprise because of that, because I'm pretty sure I've heard him in the past reference to 20 seasons. But look, man, like I'm sure the last few seasons in specifically have been very hard on him, not despite the, you know, the aging and not playing. And because I know that he wants to play and he always uh, says that whenever he makes an appearance on any show. Like, I just think, uh, you know, the COVID years, uh, this these past couple of, like, deep runs where they end up getting, you know, somewhat devastated, right? It's like you get so close. So all of that maybe took a toll on him. And if that's the case, like, you know, good for him, man. Like, if he's really going to move on to to better things, whether it's inside the heat or not, that's great for him. It's, it's really just about what he wants to do at this point. He's got kids playing sports, you know? But that's what I'm saying. His kids are playing college ball. Like, he might – he might say, I don't want to miss another game. Like, I don't want to spend another Saturday on the road in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, I mean, as much as we say, like, he doesn't play, like, he travels. He, he's at every practice. He's at every shoot around. Like, it's a grind, man. Like, it's a lot of work. Whether And he and they say he goes as hard as anybody in practice. So maybe he doesn't play the 48 minutes every other night, but he's doing all the work of an NBA player at his age. Like, listen, guys, I take a nap every day, and I work from home, and I do sales. <laughs> and I, like after two after two zoom calls i need a nap i'm not even gonna lie to you like to, today i mean i literally let nap for about two and a half hours right right in the middle of the afternoon don't tell my job but i two and a half hours i mean alcohol i was dreaming and everything you know and like you donis i think we're almost the same age like that's a lot of work i wouldn't do it so i think we'll characterize this as ud needs a nap that's how we're going to title this if he decides that he doesn't want to play anymore all right we're going to move to topic two here, no sponsor in between because we know we've been bombarding you guys with those, uh, which is the schedule, which is always this grand event, except that we knew already who the Heat were going to play because that's the same every year based on conference division, uh, et cetera. It's just a question of when. It's just where you put them on the map, uh, essentially. But I, I know Heat fans were a little panicked as about some of what they saw, and I, I had gotten a glimpse of some of the early schedule before it was released. And I, I, there's just a lot of good teams on it. I, I mean, you know, yes, there's your Houston's, et cetera. But I mean, even in October, you look at it, they, you know, they open with Minnesota, much improved. We don't know what Brooklyn's going to be. Memphis, uh, later in the month, they get, uh, they have to go to New Orleans, which should be much improved. They've got a, a homestand of Chicago, Boston, Toronto, Toronto uh, that, that, that they've got there. And then they have to go, then they have a, a West Coast swing, you know, from the very beginning that includes Golden State. And they actually play Golden State twice over the span of about six days. It, you know, it, the, the home games are in March. That's when the Heat typically tend to clean up and Spolstra has that exceptional record after the All-Star break. But it does feel a little bit, and I'll go to you first on this, Greg. It does feel a little bit like it could be a slog early for them particularly if the plan is to wait to get some size until closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, that's the, but I guess, you know what, like let's get in the midst of the Eastern conference battle right off the bat. Um, I like the fact that after the trade deadline, they have a lot of home games um, directly following, and that can be helpful as if they're trying to integrate new pieces. Look at me always trying to lean into transactions. I don't know if it's just my age. So y'all keep me honest, but, I used to really um, enjoy looking at the schedule. I used to like be the cat that would sit down and do, do like 
dub loss, dub loss. Like when I was a kid and like add up where I thought they were going to come in. I don't like the schedule means very little to me other than looking at the overall strength of schedule, which I saw that uh, our own Sean Rochester, um, I think shared that some site had them as the 12th easiest schedule going by last year's uh records yeah, but we know that's that that so stuff useless. can fluctuate so, useless. so like that's ultimately where i've landed at a place where i like i like to know who they play the first game because i'll be hyped for that the key home stands the holidays the the battles like boston three times before december 2nd um i think that that's an interesting thing that they're going to have all those games up front in the schedule but ultimately it don't really mean a ton does it y'all nope I'm sorry. Did I just neuter the whole segment? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. That, it's not that it doesn't mean a ton, right? Because, okay, if you could give me the schedule, but also give me the schedule of injuries and health at the same time, then yes, I'll be like, okay, it, 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 oh, oh, that 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 stretch in February is going to be tough because Bam's going to be injured. I don't know that, right? Because we do this every year, right? We always look at these points in the schedule and we say, oh, that's going to be tough, right? What it was last year, Bam and Jimmy went down. And then they had this really tough stretch of games and like Yurt and Kyle Guy were giving you 20 a night. Like you don't know what's going to happen. So like, I, I don't, I don't really put a lot into the schedule because I don't know what the health, I don't know what the team is going to even look like. Like we don't even know who the starting power forward is going to be game one. Like, so how, like, how do we even know, like, it is that first stretch of the season going to be tough, but if anything, to your point, Ethan, if you're going to, if you're going to go to a tough point in the season where you're going to be undersized, let it be the beginning of the year and let, you know, let Kayla Martin and Jimmy Butler and all the, all these undersized guys play power forward early in the season. We don't want them playing power forward in March, like after a full season, you know, banging with a uh, Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. Like we, you know, that's, that's not ideal. So if you are going to play a tough, if you are going to play a tough stretch of the season, play it early while, you know, while you got, hopefully you're at your healthiest. And if you got small guys playing the four, let them, you know, while they're feeling their best, go ahead and, you know, bang down there with the big guys. I think the one thing that's going to jump out to people, though, is the Boston stuff early that, that you, you have to see this team, you know, that obviously just lost to in the Eastern Conference Finals. You get them three times. And what is it? The first like 20 something games that yeah. you're, you're going to face them. That's and awesome. Make a statement early. Well, man. well, you'd like to. Now, we don't Nobody's know. scared of Malcolm Brogdon. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Malcolm no, Brogdon. I, I Every that. time Malcolm Brogdon had the ball when we played the Pacers, I was like, thank God. Give the ball to Malcolm Brogdon. Like, he How? stinks. No. Sorry. I'm so tired of the old. They got so much better than Malcolm Brogdon. I, Malcolm I, Brogdon. I, I, I want Malcolm Brogdon to have the damn ball. Please give the ball to Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. Rookie of the year, the worst rookie of the year ever outside of Michael Carter Williams. Sorry. Yeah, Michael Carter Williams has that one on lock, I would think. Although Michael Michael Carter Williams had one of the best games of any player against the big three. It was the first I, game of the season, wasn't it? I was there. Yeah. No, it, it was it was unbelievable. He, he had like 16 steals and like a triple double with like it was it was crazy what he did. They were interviewing him in the Philadelphia locker room like he was the second coming. And then I, I don't think he I don't think he had a stat ah, the line. Sixers, ah. Well, by the way, after what I just said about Malcolm Brogdon, he is about to have a 40 point triple double against the Heat. <laughs> at least two this year, just because of what I said. 
I mean, no, he's going to be taking the, the shots instead of Derek White. So that's what scares me. It's like you put an actual, like, decent shooter. It's like Derek White. Bro, like, Derek oh, White turned into Clay Thompson against us. What are you talking about? I'm fine. Like, give it a I already break. blocked out everything that happened in May. With give us a conference finals. Bro, I'm telling you. What do you, what I, do you? I cheer harder for when Malcolm Brogdon gets the ball than when Jimmy does. Like, I'm so excited when Malcolm Brogdon has the ball in his hands. Malcolm All right, so but, but let, let's get to the other point on the schedule here, though, because I, I, I get the Malcolm Brogdon conversation, but – <laughs> let's just say that this team Ethan, you miss me derailing it no I, I love it I, it's like it's like because i don't He's even have to do anything here today this is this is fine i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm letting you roll but i do have one question before we get to we're gonna get to the fan topic which i know you got you're gonna have some views on is that if the heat come back with a largely intact roster run it back they don't want to call it running it back okay but because oladipo's there and so that'll be different. Other guys will have different roles, but you don't have PJ Tucker. But for the most part, the roster is the same. The expectation is if you have a roster that is the same, the continuity is going to be there. And so you're going to get off to a good start. And that's why I wonder if they are 10 and 10 or something along those lines, if there is full-fledged panic. I'm right with you. I think that they can't afford that. If you bring back the same group, you expect them to be competitive in the same fashion. So I, I think that that's completely reasonable to say that if they got off to a 500 start after the first 20 games, it would not be ideal. And I think that there would be a level of concern that's different than obviously if you um, come back and just you're firing on all cylinders from get, from day one. All right, we're going to get into this fan topic in a second. Before we do, one more sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, which is Better Edge. you got to go to B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com backslash five reasons. You'll get your $20 to play. That is free, so give it a shot. This is peer-to-peer legal betting. What that means is this is an offshore, okay? You don't have to worry about any of that stuff or if you're going to get paid. or any- You will get paid. The other thing is you can find your line there, okay, because you're basically betting against others who are using the site. You're not betting against the site or the app or the book itself. So go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com backslash five reasons. NFL season is starting. We're going to be running a lot of tournaments, promotions there. So make sure you're signed up before that. All right. I, I want to get to a more sort of generic topic, which was going to be the entire topic today until I realized that they were releasing the schedule and, and obviously that Greg was going to have something on UD, which is, the fans trust or distrust of the front office. And I'm going to let Alf start on this because I know you have strong views. Um, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just from following you on Twitter, which again, you can follow Alf at Alf954. But there's this dichotomy that I don't really understand, okay, which is that if you come at the heat in any way, 95% of heat fans will rally to the defense of the front office, the head coach, and all the rest of it, right? Everybody's always, and I, I, do, I do some of this on the Twitter account. Everybody does a little bit of it, you know, that the heat are overlooked, disrespected, don't get the Christmas Day game, don't get all the rest of this. How could that be when we have Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg and Eric Spolstra and we've been winning basically for 25 years with the exception of like four seasons, okay? But at the same time, it, there's, there's, there's some from that same contingent who don't trust anything the front office does, right? And my argument is you can have problems with certain things that they do, but the overall course there tends to be at least a plan. Like they're not running around with like chickens with their head cut heads cut off, but it seems like fans sometimes think that like, okay, what do they want heat to do? Right. Like right now, like what are they going to go kidnap Kevin Durant? I mean, I mean what, 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 is, so, so I, I don't really understand again, maybe this is just a Twitter thing. Maybe I, maybe no, problem is we it, can't it, see the forest honestly, of the trees, but what is it? The funny thing is when you leave Twitter, it's it's sometimes even worse, right? <laughs> like, at least, like, people on Twitter pay attention to everything that's going on. Like, you get into a barbershop, oh, my God. Like, you <laughs> you like, you like would you would think the Heat were, uh, you know, missed the playoffs last year. They were a lottery team, the way people talk about them. But it's so weird because, like, the word you said was dichotomy. It's so weird. Like, you want to compete every year, but then when you get to an offseason – you're upset that the Heat don't have extra first-round draft picks. They don't have eight draft picks to offer up for, for Donovan Mitchell, which would be a stupid thing to do anyway. I'm not even going to get off on that tangent. Um, but, like, you're mad that they don't have assets. Good teams don't spend time acquiring assets. Like, you don't have time for that. You're trying to win. So every time you have assets, you try to flip them for a better player. You don't, you know, I hear this, oh, they should have traded this person for a second round pick, like let's say Duncan, right? 
They should have traded Duncan for a second round pick. Duncan was your starting shooting guard last year, the last two, three years. So you want to trade Duncan for a second round pick? A team vying for a championship doesn't trade a starter for a second round pick. That's asinine. Like, and, you, and then all these second round picks everybody wants, they don't put you into the KD conversation. Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, so it, I don't know what people want. You want to win all the time. You never want to tank. But when it comes to an offseason, you want the Heat to have a bunch of ass. You want them to be Oklahoma City, right? And win. Like, it doesn't work that way. Like, it, like that's what it, it blows my mind. Like, it, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, you have to. Pick I one. want my shiny new toy and I want my shiny, to, shiny spoiled, new toy now. Spoiled brats. Like, that's what it is. It's spoiled. Like, every time someone, like, if a star player hiccups the wrong way, there's a, 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 a Photoshop of them in a heat jersey immediately. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. You can't have everything you want, poor little babies. Like, grow the hell up. Like, I, I saw something that said, oh, Riley is an overrated exec. Dwayne Wade is the only reason we've ever gotten any players. First of all, you play 2K, okay? You sit on your ass in your gaming chair, rocking back and forth, playing video games. I'm looking at you, Alex. You're in a gaming chair right now. Um, but but you sit there in your gaming chair and you play 2K. So you think the job of a front office is only to make trades. Like, like Pat Riley has more to do than just sit there and make trades. Like he has built a fantastic organization that yes, Dwayne Wade is a big part of, but the reason Dwayne Wade, Goran Dragic, all these people go different places and get and gush over the Miami heat is because of the organization that they've built. That's why people want to come play here. And it's not just the weather. There's good weather. A lot of places, right? Like it's not just the weather. So you want, you, you want to win. You want a stable organization. You want all these things, but then at the same time, you want to fire Spo. You want to tank. You want to lose games. You want to have a bunch of assets every summer so that you can get all the whales. Like, it's just like, pick what you want and like, and stick with it. Like, if you were just like a tank all the time guy, be a tank all the time guy. But I don't want to see you rooting for them in the finals. Shout like, out I to Coachy. Because, but exactly, but you, because that is ant, it, rooting for them to be in the finals is antithetical to what you're asking for. Because if you're asking for them to have a bunch of assets, they can't be in the finals. It's one or the other. Pick one. Greg, we'll go to Alex in a second. But Greg, you're on you're on the side of this where you know you're called too positive, various terms. On no, this. sunshine pumper. There you I go. I thought right. I let you. I thought I let you say it. Uh, but but he, here's the whole thing where we're talking about about the transaction culture, which again, our numbers on the podcast go up when there's transaction talk. Okay. So we're, I mean, we're not innocent in this, but there's, there's a level to it, right. Where it just becomes only transaction talk and who you're going to move and ship out, pack them up and all the rest of that. And we do see that on Twitter. Um, and we do, you know, obviously the, the photoshops and all that, and that's good for business for us too. But but it's like the fans are creating their own expectations here where sometimes the expectations are not reasonable. I don't think anybody on our podcast or anybody saying said, okay, there's a really good chance the heat are going to get Kevin Durant. I don't think anybody has said that. I think it's, I think the fans have created this in their head. Of course, the Donovan Mitchell thing got blown up in part because of Rudy Gobert and what he was traded for. But I, I just, I don't, I don't think that the fans are realistic because it's like, the Heat haven't created this expectation, even like the mainstream media, which I guess to a certain extent we are now, 
has not created that expectation. It's just like they've created that expectation because literally if a player does not end up in Miami, it is Pat's fault now. Like that, that's how this plays out. Yeah. I mean, this is a product of when you pull off things like the big three hall in one off season, and then you have that era as the social media age was just coming and blossoming. Like, I just think like you've Ethan, you've rest you've rest referenced that they are, they were the first social media team or something like that. You said it on a recent episode and I thought it was really well uh, said like that created an expectation. And um, the older we all get, as we point our finger and, and wag our finger at the fans on this episode, I think that you're just getting more and more fans that their whole pocket of heat fandom has come with great expectations because it's been great results. So it's kind of a testament to the organization ultimately. And I think it's just, not getting the tunnel vision of that. That's the only perspective out there, uh, but it's difficult, especially when you have a quiet off season. I mean, there's been no transactions now for over a month. And I, I think that fans like the idea of the hope that comes with a new player. And, you know, I love transactions. I'm not going to be the one that acts like I don't. Um, but I also trust this organization because like they haven't let me down. Like that's the thing that I don't understand why people get so crazy because like, how can you feel bad about your experience? My question is, what have the Heat missed out on? Like, what is Sleepy Pat? Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon. No, Ethan said that. Look at the free agent list. Nobody changed teams, right? No, well, no. Well, yeah, exactly. So all the Sleepy Pat stuff, you know, we can pack them up, do whatever we want. Guys, they but, lost Jeremy Grant. The title, I mean, their title hopes are basically done. Bro, and let me know what the fuck, see, and we'll talk about having cake and eat it too. If the acquisition of Jeremy Grant made it so the Heat had no chance to even be in the Kevin Durant com conversation, the fan base would be apoplectic, okay? So, like, let's, like, let's put this, like, it's, you want to go for whales. You want to go whale hunting. But you also want to make little tertiary moves that take you out of the whale hunting. Like, what do you, like, you have to, like, you have to pick a side and figure out what you actually want and not just react to every single report that comes out. Like, every time I see a Shams tweet, and I see something about Kevin Durant or set, or I just know he Twitter's gone insane. I just <laughs> like the, 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 the tweet the other day uh, when it was like Donovan Mitchell in Utah jazz and New York Knicks conversations have reignited. Like, I was like, I don't even have to go look at my timeline. I know it's a bunch of sleepy Pat. I can't believe we don't have the assets. Why don't we have eight first round draft picks to trade for Donovan freaking Mitchell? Like I know what's coming, but, but it's like, it's, to me, it's crazy. Like, you want that, but you also want to go get Jeremy Grant and, and Danilo Gallinari. Like, someone literally, literally was, was bemoaning the fact that we didn't get Danilo Gallinari. Like, he couldn't play against us, but you want that sorry some bitch. It's the weirdest. I, I don't get it. Whatever. Is it 2018 or 2019? What year is it with this Gallinari Bro, talk? No, let's, let's say Gallinari, Aldridge, Carmelo, Hassan Whiteside. I, mean, I remember you and I doing the Gallinari pod was, on trade deadline night. I was about night. to say, um, Al's coming back on five on the floor and us talking about Gallinari. We're still right. talking about Gallinari. <laughs> we should bring it back to talk about Malcolm Brogdon in about six Playing months. Playing the hits. Malcolm I, you, you know, the, the, thing, the thing about it, though, is you can be critical of certain things the organization has done over the years and still have a big picture view that you know what they know what you're doing right that they know what they're doing like we have all uh, agreed that 2016 2017 were bungled Th those off seasons were bungled for different reasons okay the way that they handled Dwayne and then the way that they handled post Dwayne, right so that that is not necessarily good strategy uh, all of that stuff 
But I think most of us agree that, and it was with Jimmy Butler's help in large part because he wanted to play in Miami, but also was because they patched the relationship with Dwayne Wade so that Jimmy Butler wanted to play in Miami at that point, that they've done a pretty damn good job of recovering. They tend to be ahead of the curve on cap matters. They tend to find players that other teams don't find. Okay. And I understand the argument from a mutual acquaintance of all of ours. Okay. That maybe you try to trade players when they're at their peak instead of letting them walk. But to your point, Alf, like accumulating a bunch of second round picks was not going to get you Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell anyway. So I'm not saying you don't try to manage your assets properly, but you can argue that Duncan Robinson at $18 million or whatever is a more valuable asset because he helps you make a trade than the second round pick that you might've gotten in return for him. The Duncan Robinson thing is my favorite thing. We overpaid him. He's paid too much. He's a bum. He's this and that. But yet every whale conversation we have includes Duncan Robinson's contract. Why? Because you need large contracts to trade. Like you can't just be like, we'll trade them Tyler Hero and Gabe Vincent. They make $3 between the two of them, right? Like you need larger contracts and every large contract you have, it, it can't just be Kyle Lowry. Like you start trading Kyle Lowry in every single deal. You're not as good after the deal is done. So you need larger contracts and you need guys like Duncan Robinson, like like the Davis Bertans of the world. Like there are guys out there that are just constant, like they're cap fillers. I mean, they're trade filler. Like they fill in the gaps on the trade because one thing people don't realize for some reason, when we do all these trades, we never talk about the fact that you have to match salaries. And if you got to match salaries, how would you do that right now without Duncan Robinson's contract? If you did not pay Duncan, Every deal we're talking about would have to include Bam, Jimmy, or Kyle. No one else is making any money on the Heat. Like, so we, we, we do all this stuff. With, oh, you shouldn't have paid Duncan. We, we traded Dion. We traded uh, Justice. We traded James Johnson. Kelly Olenek. It's never as big a deal as people make it out to be. Why they traded they, Hassan Whiteside, Al. They, tra- they traded Tyler Johnson. Come on. Like, Tyler Johnson was making $20 million a year. He can't even make the big three league anymore. Like, what are we doing? Sorry. I love Tyler Jones. <laughs> that was perfect. I don't even have anything to add to it. Alex? Look, man, um, for as long as I have watched and observed the Heat, all they've had is shiny toys. It's all I'm used to. So I'm completely a part of the generation of fans that you guys are calling spoiled. And I completely get it because I, I I feel that way too. I think it's, it's a lot to do with expectations where it's like the Marlins and Dolphins have always been the teams that let you down and the heat of the team that's always trying to will hunt. And I think it's people get disappointed when they don't hit on every single one. Like it's, it's just not how it works. Right. And I'm not here to point the fingers at fans. You guys have done uh, plenty of that tonight. And so I'm going to try to balance that out here. It's fun, right? This is the fun part of uh, observing and being a fan of, of a team, right? It's like you want, you get that excitement from the tweets. I, we, I've talked about this plenty of times on this podcast. Like I'm sure like the serotonin that, uh, Heat fans got when they saw their name in the tweet along with the Suns as far as like Kevin Durant like nobody was talking about Kevin Durant becoming available at any point right like this was not supposed to be they should have planned for it Alex they should have yeah. planned for it exactly yeah and, and no I agree with everything you were talking about about you know like trading guys ahead of time I, I think you know, it's all easier said than done. And I think that's why everybody skips all the other steps in, in 2K, right? When you're running a team, you go straight to the trades and you do <laughs> you let the computer handle all the minutia, right? Because you just want to get to the fun stuff. So it's hard to blame fans for wanting to trade for superstars. Like, I get it, but it, it really is an expectations game. And that's what life is all about, right? 
I think the expectation game is their own fault, right? I mean, because they have been able to accomplish this so many times. But if you're going to give it, Pat has spoken to this. He's but they missed out on of, Gordon Hayward, Ethan. Well, but he's spoken to the big at three, one time to the big three Heat fans. He's spoken to the 2010 Heat fans. I mean, he is he he's made that point before that everybody expects this stuff to be easy. But it is a process. The first, the players got to want to come to you these days, okay? Because they do have enough power, which typically is the case in Miami. But second, and this gets back to what Alf was ranting about, okay? If, if you if if you don't if you don't allow yourself the option of taking that player in, either for cap space or for assets, you're screwed anyway. I mean, they took themselves out of the room for a couple of years because of sixteen and seventeen. So now they're not taking themselves out of the room, and they're and as Alf said. And you mentioned this. I still think this is the case. PJ Tucker it got the second biggest deal to move to another team of any player in free agency this year because DeAndre Ayton ended up staying with Phoenix. It's it's Jalen Brunson and PJ Tucker. So and yes, they wanted to keep PJ, but if you're keeping PJ, you're taking yourself out of the game for others. And I just think they have a recognition right now that a tweak here or a tweak there is not going to get the the sustained contention that they want in the Eastern conference and beyond. So it is worth waiting this out, but look, I, I, again, this isn't meant to disrespect, you know, the transaction merchants because we do a whole lot of that also, but I will just say this. Okay. Prominent member of the heat uh, front office said to me last year, I like your group. Okay. But everybody's trading everybody everywhere. Some of them need Ritalin. So to Alf's point, okay, about, you know, this kind of being a, a childish exercise, to a certain degree, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a generation raised on 2K. It's a generation raised on the big three. It's, and that's, that's what we're Shaq. talking about here. And it's not even Shaq. They don't even remember Shaq. They don't remember to get Shaq, you had to give up your second and third best player. That would be like right now trading Bam, th- second, third, and maybe fourth best player. So that would be like trading Bam, Tyler, and uh, Kyle for Kevin Durant. Who's who's down for that? Our, you know, and, and we're talking about a much older. Uh, I mean, I don't know how, how I don't know how old Shaq. I can't remember how old Shaq was. It's kind was, of similar. Early thirties, sim- right? At yeah. the time. But, so what are, 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 would you guys would would the fans that want that want to go back to the Shaq days would you be prepared for that? And we're talking about a second round exit team that was a surprising second round exit team, and then you went and got the Shaq, and went and accomplished the Shaq trade. You're not talking about a, a one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals team blowing that completely up for Kevin Durant. And I've not seen anybody on my timeline that actually wants to do that. Like they say, the Heat don't, oh, the Heat don't have the assets to get Kevin Durant. Yes, they do. They can get Kevin Durant right now. Correct. Are you willing to do the things you have to do to get Kevin Durant? It is not about first round picks. The Heat could have the Heat could give them one first round pick, Bam and Tyler, and the and the deal is done. They, that's the thing. It's not They're about going to get a better picks. deal than that, particularly if these teams like, I mean, we've talked about Jalen Brown, but these teams like New Orleans, you know, insisted on not giving up Brandon Ingram or Scotty Barnes with Toronto. I mean, they're going to end up taking him into camp. Every and contender has to give up out. at least their second best and maybe probably the second and third best players to get, Kev, to get Kevin Durant. That's why, that's why the trade isn't done. Yeah. Until they you, don't. And then all of a sudden, I think that that's where Riley strikes, right? The Riley price. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, trade deadline, maybe something happens. Maybe Kevin Durant raises enough of a stink. But, and also, nobody came to this offseason knowing that the Minnesota Timberwolves would just totally disrupt the trade market for Rudy mm. freaking Gobert. Like, nobody knew that was about to happen. So, you know, we, we, we can get... We can get as mad at these at, at these guys as we want to get, but you know it's we we all we all, hindsight is twenty twenty. Everyone wants the foresight of the Heat. You should build up six draft picks, six first round picks, just in case Kevin Durant wants out. Like nobody saw this coming. What is a Timberwolf anyway? That's the way to end it. I will say this: I went. I spent some time with my nephews who are they're Knicks fans, but they're also Heat fans because they live in New York. Okay. So they're 14, 11, and 11. And they spent the entire time I was there playing 2K and never played a game. The entire time, <laughs> the entire did not play a single game. Sounds about right. The entire time they were doing those, the my player th- or whatever, they, they were doing whatever you call it, where they're basically just training players. They, they, they had sent guys all over the league. And Ethan, they're going to drag you if you didn't name it correctly just I, now. I, <laughs> what is it called? I don't know what it's called. I don't know what it's called. I'm too damn old. <laughs> it's like my league or something like that, you know. Alf, we need to bring you back because somebody needs to be a little closer to my age. A little. Yeah, I mean, for the video is, game references, right? Uh, yeah, I have no Greg, idea. Greg, Greg is a little bit. All right, Alf, I'm going to give you the last word here tonight. Thanks to our sponsors, Prize Picks, Better Edge, uh, and Therapist Preferred. Uh, you got something to say here out the door? just can we talk about games please like just i need the season to start so badly like i don't i want i i want kevin durant and and spider and all these people just to get traded so we can stop talking about it and my last thing is i i'm known as a super positive guy front office guy i always believe in the heat but if caleb martin is the starting power forward game one i am going to be pissed <laughs> like you will see me dragging the front office all over hangover time unless they win which is why i'm the results guy like i just wait for the games to happen and i react to the games but if they i mean if they're getting killed on the boards and you know there's not a six eight guy out there other than bam i'm gonna be pissed preach to him <laughs> you need come back that's what i gotta say alf thanks for joining thanks to alex thanks to greg Thanks to everybody for uh, for listening. Alpha will be with us uh, next time. We'll actually do this on video. I, I I don't. Why didn't we do that tonight? I guess we could have done a stream, right? But we'll we'll do that next time. Uh, and again, check out uh, Alf with Miami Heat Beat and also Alf nine five four. Get the riddle in, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.